Hey there podcast listeners, it's Tom here. We've just had Easter, so to fit in with the theme, I thought I would share with you an old sermon from way back in 2009 about the resurrection. On another note, I've recently launched a new website where you can get access to a bunch of my old sermons, videos, and Bible studies. You can read my weekly blog. You can even book me to speak if you want. So if you want to see all that, it's at tomfrench.com.au. Finally, it'd be great if you're willing to rate and review this podcast on iTunes so that more people can hear it. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this sermon. I should have a new one for you in a fortnight. All right, well, we are up to uh, the last week in our Jesus All About Life series. Uh, And last week, Chris talked about uh, Jesus' death on the cross. And so today, it's kind of obvious that we would head on to the resurrection if the resurrection is obvious. But often, you know, the resurrection, you know, we think it's obvious, but it shouldn't really be obvious because normally when people die, people stay dead. That's, that's the general uh, way of things. And uh, people, when they hear about the resurrection, they feel, you know, this is the sticking point for Christianity. Uh, this is the thing where it just gets too big. You can't, you know, handle the resurrection because it seems so incomprehensible. And if it happened, then the consequences and the demands that it makes on people's lives are too huge. But it is also the linchpin which all of our faith hangs around. So it's something that we need to deal with. And people will see this resurrection, they say, well, it doesn't work because it's just illogical. Dead men don't rise. When people die, they stay dead. That's what's happening. And it seems kind of like wishful thinking for Christians uh, to look at the resurrection and to say, well, you know what? We really love Jesus and he was a great bloke and we can't let go of him. So we're going to just say that he came back to life. And, And people can be looking at us going, well, why can't you just leave him dead? Because, you know, he was a good guy, but he died. And some people can, you know, accept that Jesus was a a man who probably did miracles and a a good teacher and amazing things. But Jesus, they say, he died. You know, he, he, he lived, he died, they buried him in the ground, worms ate him. And he got into the circle of life, build a bridge, get over it. That's it. That's what happened to Jesus. Dead people don't come back to life. So when we do get down to it, though... Uh, what does it mean then? If dead people don't come back to, to life, then what does that mean for our faith? Uh, what uh, Paul says in this passage uh, of 1 Corinthians 15 is that there are a number of things that happen that if Jesus he did not come back from the dead, if there is no resurrection from the dead, then there, there are a number of effects on our faith. And, uh, you know, some of them are pretty obvious. That if people don't rise from the dead, then Jesus didn't rise from the dead. It's obvious, that one. Uh, The next one he says is that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then all the preaching of the apostles uh, is useless because Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And the whole of their teaching, and in fact a lot of the New Testament, hangs around this fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And so the New Testament becomes iffy, if not totally untrustworthy, And uh, anything that we've based our life on in that is kind of useless. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then all the apostles are liars. And anything we've heard from them, then we can just get rid of that because, you know, they are lying about history and they're probably lying about God. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then we are all still in our sins. Because if Jesus came and he died, then and he stayed dead, then there's a number of things that that could mean. 
It could mean that Jesus wasn't sinless. And so when he died, he didn't die for our sins, but he could only die for his own sins. Because the Bible is clear that the wages of sin is death. So when he died, he stayed dead. It could mean uh, that Jesus died, and when he got there, he died for our sins, and God saw his sacrifice and said it wasn't good enough. And so we still can't be forgiven because Jesus' death wasn't good enough for our forgiveness. The last option is that Jesus died for our sins, but that death won. And Jesus wasn't strong enough to beat death. So if Jesus didn't die, then we are still in our sins. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then any Christian you know who has ever died, you will never, ever see them again. Because it's only through the death and resurrection of Jesus that people are raised to life. And it's only because there is a resurrection that anyone can be raised to life. And lastly, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then our trust in Jesus, if only for this life, is useless and we are to be pitied more than anyone else. We are following his teachings and we are depriving ourselves of all these desires that we have because we think there's something better coming, there's something greater to live for, but there isn't. There's nothing else. It's just this life. And then we are poor, naive people who are living by a false hope following a false Messiah who can't save us. The consequences if Jesus didn't rise from the dead are huge. But some of us will want to say, oh yeah, well maybe he didn't actually rise from the dead in his body. Like he didn't physically come out of the tomb, but he did rise in the hearts of the disciples. So he really, you know, he is alive, just not alive in the way we think he is. But if Jesus is still, you know, physically dead, then Jesus' death, uh, you know, death beat Jesus. And we can't beat death if death beat Jesus. So Jesus' death and resurrection are kind of useless because Jesus is just a spirit who's been scared away from this earth by death itself. Jesus is weak and ineffectual. You know, I used to be a huge uh, fan of rugby league. Uh, it used to be my sport, and my team was the North Sydney Bears. And I know there are some of you here who used to follow the North Sydney Bears, uh, and you should because this is Bears territory. Uh, we should be a Bears church. We should be praying for the Bears regularly. And, uh, you know, there was a time when I would follow them, I'd pay attention to their scores, and I had the full jersey, like I had the jersey and the shorts and the socks, and I would wear them around often because I loved the Bears. And then uh, in 1999, the Bears merged with the Manly Warringah Seagulls, our arch rivals, together. And it was, it was horrid. So sad. Uh, who would do that? Why would you do that to us? And then, a few years later, the Bears just disappeared altogether and Manly came back and that was it. I think it was a conspiracy by Manly to take over the Bears and get rid of them because they knew that the Bears were their biggest threat. And the Bears hadn't won a premiership since 1922, but we knew that the next year was our year. We were going to win it that year and Manly saw it and they said, no, nah, you're gone. But you know what? The Bears may be gone, but they still live in my heart. They're still there. They're still playing on in my heart. They're strong. They give me hope. And each grand final, I'm there and I'm thinking of the bears. And I'm feeling 
special and happy and warm and fuzzy inside because of the bears. But really, what's the point? The bears, they can live in my heart, but they're not going to win any premierships in my heart. It doesn't like they can run around in my heart all they want, but the, the, the games are won on the field. And until they run onto the field, they're going to be completely useless no matter how good they make me feel. And the same is true with Jesus. If Jesus is only alive in our hearts and he never rose from the dead, then he is going to be pretty useless for us. If he can't beat death, then how can we beat death? Death is beaten in the physical world as well as in our hearts. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead and he's still in his tomb, then we are still in our sins and headed for the grave. And if that is the case, then we don't need to live this life we're living. What are we doing here on a Sunday? It's kind of useless, you know, that we're here today because we've devoted our lives to this dead saviour. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then I've decided that I'm going to have a party. I've already planned it, just in case I find out that it's true. Later in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. He's saying, if there is no resurrection, then indulge your body now, because it's the only chance you're going to get. And so that's why I'm having a party. I'm going to have a party, and you guys are invited. Uh, you know, guys, there's going to be girls. They're girls, there's going to be guys. It's going to be great. There's going to be alcohol and drugs, and we're going to set things on fire. And there'll be uh, monkeys dressed as astronauts, and uh, we're going to get a lot of high explosives and blow things up in our underwear. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be the best party that you have ever been to. Because if the dead don't rise, then what are we holding back for? You could die tomorrow and your life would just be a life of respectability and squashed desires. If dead men don't rise, then live each day as if it's your last because it could be your last. You need to live as if there's nothing after this because there's no payoff at the end. If your husband or wife is annoying you, then leave them. If your wife and kids are too much for you, then you can walk out on them because it's you that matters. If someone has hurt you, then go and hurt them back because God's vengeance is not coming at the end. Or if it is, it's only coming to you. So get your revenge while you still can. Go to the gym and get plastic surgery and look hot and have sex or get fat, eat a lot of food and sit on the couch. Do whatever you want because that's the only option that you've got to live your life right now. If the dead do not rise and Jesus didn't come from the back from the dead and Christianity is useless and all we have to look forward to is death and resurrection, sorry, death and destruction. So make the most of it. Because the dead would stay dead and you would still be in your sins. But Jesus did rise from the dead. And there is hope. The dead will rise again. We are saved from our sins. And we are not following a dead teacher, but we are following the risen Lord. As Paul says in verse 20, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. You are saved from a life of meaningless because Jesus is alive. The question that we have to ask, though, is how do we know? How do we know that Jesus came back to life? That's a huge question. And if you're not a Christian, then your response to Jesus should hang 
on the answer to this question. In verses 3 to 8 of chapter 15, Paul offers us some proof for why Jesus rose from the dead. First, Paul says that Christ died and was buried. And that's not Paul's main point in what he says here, but it's something that's worth looking at. Because often people will say, well, you know, the resurrection appearances of Jesus, they happened because Jesus, you know, he, he, he looked like he was dead, but he wasn't really dead. So he just kind of revived a few days later. But eyewitness accounts tell us that Jesus was arrested and he was taken and put to trial. And then he was beaten. Uh, he was whipped in a whipping that would often kill people. Uh, Then he was made to carry his cross through the streets of Jerusalem. Then he was taken outside the city and nails were put through his hands and his feet and he was hung on a cross for six hours. At some point in there he died and, and they checked to make sure he's dead by stabbing him in the side. And blood and water came out. And some people reckon that the reason why that happened, there are a few theories, but one of the theories is that when they stabbed him, that he was stabbed, pierced right up into his heart. And his pericardial sac, I looked this up, uh, that burst and the, the fluid from that came out as well as the blood from his heart. And then they took Jesus off the cross, they wrapped him uh, in burial cloths, and then they put him in a tomb and rolled a huge stone in front of it and then placed some Roman guards there to make sure that no one would come and steal the body because they heard that something might happen. So if Jesus was not really dead then he would have had to wake up from his coma sometime in the period after he died and when he came out of the tomb and recover enough that having not eaten or drunk anything in 36 hours, having been whipped within an inch of his life, having had nails put through his hands and his feet and then stabbed in his heart to get up, roll the stone away and then beat up a few Roman guards. Like if, if that is happening, then the people who say that Jesus didn't rise from the dead have a whole nother miracle that they have to deal with. It doesn't make sense. So let's move on. Uh, Paul's main point is about the resurrection is that there are eyewitnesses. He says that first Jesus appeared to Peter and then to the 12 disciples and then to over 500 people at once. Then to James, who was Jesus' brother and who was not a believer at the time, and then to Paul. And, And he's saying to his readers that, you know, Jesus was alive and he turned up. And, he, and the people who saw him, they're still alive. And you can go talk to them. You can find out. If, if Paul was lying or wasn't quite sure, then he wouldn't have said, you know, here are all the witnesses. Why don't you go and check with them? Uh, if Paul wants to make sure that you know that it's true, then he gives you the, the, the references and says you can go and check. Let, just pretend that you weren't, you're not here now. Just pretend you didn't turn up to church tonight. And as a, you know, a trick tonight, a special event, I decided to chop off my arm Uh, and then grow it back again, just because I've got that skill. I don't, but say I did. And and then say you're out at the shops uh, tomorrow, you're at Westfield, you're walking around, and then you you see Chris, and Chris is there, and say, hey, Chris, how's it going? And say, well, you'll never guess what happened at church last night. Tom chopped off his arm, and it grew back again. You'd be like, Chris, you're a liar. Because, you know, Chris is prone to making stories up, and we all know that. But then say, you know, you leave, you walk out, and there's Steve, and he's standing admiring the water fountain, as we all do from time to time. And you say, hey, Chris, Steve, how are you doing? And Steve's like, well, you know what? There's there's all this blood on the church carpet, 
And we had to pay for the cleaning bill. But Tom's arm, it cut off and it grew back again. And then say you visited every single one of us here tonight and we all told you the same story. And it might have slight differences, but we all told you the story. Then you would, you would know that something remarkable happened. Even if it's something that was completely unbelievable. If all of us said it was true, then either we were all having you on or something amazing happened. Paul is saying that you can check with the eyewitnesses. And the Gospels, they are written by people who are eyewitnesses or people who talk to eyewitnesses. As far as eyewitness accounts go, the resurrection is well attested to. Beyond that, though, there are other things. People say uh, that the the tomb was empty because the authorities uh, had stolen the body because they were worried that other people might steal the body. But when they started having trouble with the Christians, then they could just produce the body again. But no body was ever produced. Another point that people use if they want to deny the resurrection, uh, sorry, another point that, that people, we can use when people deny the resurrection uh, is that uh, the change that happened in the disciples, that you have one day where they were scared running away from Jesus uh, who was being crucified on the cross and they were meeting together in locked rooms and then suddenly they're completely changed. Something happens, and they're out, and they're preaching, and thousands of people becoming Christians. That kind of change doesn't happen unless something remarkable happens. And finally, the apostles went out, and they preached Jesus, and they were tortured, and they were killed for their belief in the resurrection. As Paul shouted before the Sanhedrin, he said, It is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am before you on trial today. It was about the resurrection that changed them. And it was for the resurrection that they were killed. If this was a lie that was made up, you would think that someone at some point would, would take it back and say, you know what, I'd rather you didn't chop off my head. I made it up. But no one did. Because there was something there that changed them. We have a good case that Jesus rose from the dead. And none of them is you know, decisive on their own, but put them all together and you can see pretty clearly that something amazing happened, that the, that the truth of God is that Jesus rose from the dead. And if you want to know it for sure, though, then you can ask God to show it to you, that Jesus lives and his Holy Spirit is here with us and he can show it to us in our hearts. Because Jesus is physically alive in heaven and he reigns here on earth and he reigns in our hearts. And he can show it to us and prove it to us. So can we have hope for the future? Yes, we can. Can we have faith that Jesus did save us from our sins and did rise from the dead? Absolutely, yes, we can. Christ did rise from the dead. So knowing that Jesus has risen, what does it mean? If Jesus is alive, what Uh, demands does this does this make of us well if you are someone who doesn't believe in jesus then the demand is that you need to figure out what you're going to do with this if jesus did rise from the dead then jesus is lord and jesus can make a claim on your life and you do need to submit to him if jesus did rise from the dead then he is the only one who can save you from your sins he is the only one who can save you from the wrath of god He is the only one that you can rely on. You need to put your trust in Jesus. You need to stop living for yourself and start living for him. If you live with him, he will make sure that you have life in him.
It's as simple as that. If you are a Christian, then the resurrection means uh, that your faith is on solid ground. It means that you can have hope that there is life after death. It means that your sins are forgiven. It means that God will vindicate you at the end of time. It means that Jesus is Lord and Jesus has you safe. It means that anyone that you've lost who is a believer, you will see them again. That death is not the end. And it means that any sufferings that you go through now and any things you deprive yourself of now for the sake of righteousness will be more than abundantly made up for in the future. But most of all, it means that God has begun his new creation in Jesus. In 1520, as we saw before, Paul says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For Jesus to be the first fruits, it means uh, that he is the sign of what is to come. That he is like you get the first fruits in a harvest, and that is a sign of the fruits that are coming. Jesus is the first fruits of the harvest of the resurrection of the dead. That you know that those who follow after Jesus will rise like Jesus. The resurrection means that if you are a Christian, then your best days are yet to come. Uh, some people say that uh, men reach their physical peak in their early 20s. Some say it's their mid-20s. Some say it's their late 20s. Whatever it, means that it, whatever it is, it means that right now, at 26, I'm around my physical peak, which is kind of disappointing. <laughs> and uh, from now on, my rather unimpressive body is going to get even less impressive. I'm going to get fatter and I'm going to get weaker, and the hair is going to disappear off my head and move down my back. And I'm going to have to do a comb-over from my back to my head, and it will be disgusting. But you know what? My best is yet to come. And people say, when you're young, you're young and good-looking. But then you get old, and then that's when your mind comes into play, and you become wise. That's not true. When you're young, you're young and good-looking, and when you're old, your mind comes into play a little bit, then it just goes to rubbish and you have the same conversation over and over again and you can't remember things and you think man I wish I was young and hot and I could remember things but you know what you will get old but your best is yet to come and when I'm old and I am so old that my ears are the size of car doors and my nose is like an ocean boy and I've had so many hip replacements that I'm getting a free one for my frequent hip replacement card at the hospital and when all I can do is sit in my chair covered in a blanket and talk about when I was in the war, and uh, I'm going to be there with my grandkids, and they'll come up to me, and I will say to them, you know what, kids, I don't look like much, but my best days are yet to come. And I'll say, sorry, Grandpa, we couldn't understand you put your teeth in. <laughs> and I'll put my teeth in, I'll say, you know what, my best days are yet to come. And I'll say, what are you talking about? You're old, you're wrinkly, you're incontinent, you look like a prune in a nappy. It doesn't... What are you talking about, Grandpa? And I say, no, my best days are yet to come. I'm going to be better looking than you are now. I'm going to be faster than you are now. I could beat you all in an arm wrestle. My best is yet to come. And they won't believe me, but I will know. I will know because Jesus rose from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, I am going to rise too, and I'm going to rise like Jesus rose. I will rise in a body more glorious than the one I have now, a body more beautiful and more living and more strong, and a body that is not held back by death and sickness, but set free in a new creation to live and keep on living. 
The resurrection of Jesus shows us that we have a God who is not just concerned with the spiritual, but is concerned with the physical world. Jesus rose from the dead. He walked, he talked, he ate, he was physically present everywhere he went. And the Bible promises that one day God is going to do that and renew the whole of creation. God is concerned about our bodies. We too will walk and talk and eat in the new creation. And like Jesus, we will have a new body that is free of the the things that bind us, of death and sin. Our minds will not go to pieces. We will not get sick. Our hearts will not stop beating. Cancer will not get us. We will worship God with everything we have everywhere in his new creation. God's concern for his physical creation shows that he is a God who loves physical things, that food is good, and sleep is good, and hugging is good, both A-frames and real hugs, that sport is good, and relaxing is good, and sex is good, and reading is good, and swimming is good, and spending time with friends is good, and meeting the physical needs of the poor, and not just their spiritual needs, that is good. Because God loves this creation. This world is good and it's worth paying attention to and looking after. We will experience the wonders of the physical life in our resurrection because our best is yet to come. We will worship God through our hearts, soul, minds and bodies. Our best is yet to come. But our best is only yet to come because God has already started his best. He has done his best in Jesus and it is continuing as he brings the new kingdom and he finishes it off when he comes back and brings us all to life again in Jesus. Jesus has dealt with sin and he's dealt with death and he has won. His new creation has begun and we are safe in him. We will be raised because Christ is raised. The new heavens and the new earth will come. The redemption of all creation will happen because God has started them all in Jesus. Dead people will rise. The best is yet to come because the best is already here in Jesus, our risen Lord and Savior. I will pray for us. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that you died for us and you rose again victorious. I pray, Lord, for those of us here who may doubt the resurrection that you will give us faith and that you will minister it to our hearts so that we will see that it is true, that you are risen and that you are powerful to save, powerful to give us new life. I thank you that this uh, creation you have made is one that you made good and you're going to renew it so that it is better. I thank you that we will rise because Jesus rose, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Praise in your name. Amen.